Philippians 4.4 simply says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. That is such an easy passage to read, and it's so nice to have when things are going well and we are rejoicing anyway or we feel happy just in general. Things are going really well. That's such a nice thing, but it says rejoice in the Lord always. So that is actually very broad. That's in everything that happens all the time, no matter what. That even when the most challenging things come upon us, I've got to be looking for and thinking about my joy in the Lord. That eternity still waits. So, you know, we're, we're here and there's some good times and some bad times, but we're going somewhere and we believe that. God is with us. He will see us through. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul gave them that commandment while he was sitting in prison. And so he means what he's saying. He's working that out in his own life. I'd like to share something with you that may help kind of open the door to this idea that as we think about ourselves and some of the more difficult challenges in our life, we need to be thinking about others, how to encourage others, maybe something else that we could do that maybe even take our focus off of the difficulty we're, we're facing and get back to the reality of, of our eternal goal of heaven. It goes like this. Two men were both seriously ill. They occupied the same hospital room. One man was allowed to sit up in his bed for an hour each afternoon to help drain the fluid from his lungs. His bed was next to the room's only window. The other man had to spend all of his time flat on his back. He wasn't allowed to sit up. But while they spent time together in that room, they talked for hours on end. They spoke of their wives and families, their homes, their jobs, their military service, where they had been on vacation. Every afternoon when the man in the bed by the window could sit up, he would pass the time by describing to his hospital roommate all the things he could see outside the window. The man in the other bed began to live for those one-hour periods where his world would be brought to life by all the activity, the warmth, and the color that was going on outside each afternoon. The window overlooked a park with a lovely lake. Ducks and swans played on the water while, while children sailed their model boats. Young couples who were truly in love walked hand in hand amidst flowers of every color and a fine view of the city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man by the window described all this in exquisite detail, the man on the other side of the room would close his eyes and imagine the picturesque scene. As the days and weeks passed by, the man who couldn't sit up had started to become envious of the man by the window. He enjoyed hearing about the outside world, but he found that he wanted to see it for himself more and more. One morning, the day nurse arrived to bring water for their baths only to find the lifeless body of the man by the window, who had died peacefully in his sleep. She was deeply saddened, and she called the hospital attendants to take the body away. As soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved next to the window. The nurse was happy to make the switch, and after making sure he was comfortable, she left him alone. Slowly and very painfully, he propped himself up on one elbow to take his first look at the world outside. As he strained to look out the window, he saw for the first time that it only faced a cold, gray wall. The man asked the nurse when she came back in why his deceased roommate had described such wonderful things outside this window, knowing that it was dingy, gray, cold, 
and lifeless. The nurse just shook her head and she said, I don't know why he would do that. He was blind. He couldn't even see the wall. Maybe it was just the way he felt about life and he was trying to encourage you. What a man. What a moment of great difficulty facing the final days of his life. He was given a roommate and he saw that as a gift. And so he thought of a way to encourage the man who couldn't even sit up. I hope you know somebody like that. I hope you can think of someone in your own mind who found a way to brighten everyone's day, to bring sunshine back into the room, even though things are difficult and dark. And I think even better than that, that's who we want to be. I want to be that man so desperately. I want to be able to look around me, not complain, not gripe about all the difficulties that I face, but find a way to encourage and to show people that I truly do have joy in my life. Life is hard and there are things that happen to us that are very, very difficult. Some of them we are unable to bear and I, I would never ever try to hide that or cover those things up. Those things really do happen to us. But it's still true that even in those dark moments, that's the time that we can really truly shine because that's when things get serious and we prove who we actually are. If we fall down and cry about everything that's happening to us and want everyone around us to feel sorry for us, then that's what we're going to get. If Even if they're willing to do that, we'll get some people to feel sorry for us. But there's no value there. There's no treasure and no reward in that. It is knowing, hey, I'm, this is getting worse and worse, but I still have the ability to get up. I have the ability to make a phone call or to send an email or, or to text someone just a simple message of encouragement. I can do that no matter what's happening in my life. Until I'm physically unable to do it, I can do it. Paul is the one who wrote Philippians 4.4, and he's such a great example for us because life hit the Apostle Paul square in the chest all the time, as hard as it possibly could. And we can go through the different things that he wrote to the different congregations and to see how he constantly said, I will be joyful. I, de I am determined to serve the Lord with all of my heart. In 2 Corinthians 6, he says to the Corinthians, we commend ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger. They commend themselves as servants of God in all of those difficult times. Down through that chapter, Paul goes on to compare some of the situations that he had been in that were great difficulties and great struggles. He had confidently made those comparisons because he knows that eternal life in God's kingdom of glory has been promised to him. For example, in Romans 8 and verse 18, he says, The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in, it, in us. So that's it right there. All of the sufferings of this present time, it's not worth my time to compare those to the glory that will be revealed in us when we get into the kingdom of heaven. Later in 2 Corinthians 6, he says this, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold, we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing, 
yet possessing all things. He's asking the brethren to consider his life and say, look, we are unknown, we are dying, we are punished, we are sorrowful, we are poor, and we have nothing. And he turns all of that on its head and says, but we rejoice, we make many rich, we possess all things, we live and we're well known. That's a perspective that will give us the strength to rejoice always. No one knows what tomorrow will bring, but today we enjoy a day of grace. Let's all rejoice in this day and be careful not to neglect it. We've heard Paul express the deep spiritual need for all of us to rejoice and to be sure that we rejoice in the Lord. As we watch his heart and his attitude in the most difficult situations, we see a man who understands that when the gospel is faithfully preached and fully received, it improves the condition of even the poorest of us all. Friends, we have the gospel, and we must always embrace the love, the mercy, and the freedom that God provides in Christ and employ our time to useful purposes, doing the little things to brighten the day for everyone around us. The little things that don't cost us anything, and they make a world of difference for someone in need. If my purposes are self-seeking and self-serving, then I will have missed it all. Jesus tells us in Mark 8 and verse 35, Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Again, Philippians 4.4 Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice.